Get your fill of baseball news and beer reviews at foulballarea.com. Follow our blog for the latest news around the baseball world and read about some of our favorite ballpark beers. Tune into the podcast every Wednesday as we take a deep dive into the topics of the day. Stay connected by signing up for our mailing list or following us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Foulball Area. Now, here's today's episode of the Foulball Area Podcast with Matthew Atkins and Trey Lyle. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the latest episode of the Foulball Area Podcast. I'm your host, Matthew Atkins, alongside my co-host, Mr. Frederick Lyle III, and we've got a great Whoa! episode. <laughs> Whoa! You just putting the full name out there on blast? Using your government name this week. You told me last week I could call you Frederick because I miss Freddie Freeman so much. Yeah, privately. Oh, privately. Oh, I'm sorry. And I we said need... you could call me Freddie. I didn't oh, say you could I call can... me okay. Frederick. I can call you Freddie. All right. Do I do I need to redo that? Do we need to just restart? Just let's keep going. God. <laughs> gotta use the gotta throw the government name out there sometimes, you know. Uh yeah, I am Matthew Atkins with Trey Lyle, as you all know him. And we've got a great episode for you today, breaking down the College World Series, or the road to the College World Series, I should say. The NCAA baseball tournament gets started this weekend, and it's going to be a good one. Unfortunately for us, the Virginia Tech Hokies did not make it to the postseason this year. A little bit of a disappointing season in Blacksburg this year. But we do have two Commonwealth schools representing in the tournament, one of them hosting a regional, and that's the University of Virginia and George Mason University who is in a regional for the first time since 2013 after winning the A-10 tournament last weekend. So congratulations to the Patriots. Really good to see them make it back to the postseason. George Mason has a tough road ahead of them. They are in the Winston-Salem regional, hosted by the number one overall seed, Wake Forest. UVA is hosting a regional in Charlottesville, so they have a little bit of an easier road. But I unfortunately don't think George Mason is going to make it out of the regional. UVA, I have them... We're going to talk about our picks for the College World Series here in a little bit, but I, I'll just say I have UVA going pretty far. Yeah, uh, I I so happen to agree with you that uh, I would not be shocked. Uh, but they are in a tough regional uh, with ECU, Oklahoma. I think Army is a really solid team. So it's um, looking at it, I wouldn't be shocked if ECU or Oklahoma, both two teams last year that – you know, were unseated and advanced out the regional. Obviously, Oklahoma made it, making it all the way last year to the College World Series final. Uh, ECU also going to the College World Series last year. So that's a really tough regional. That's actually maybe my favorite looking at it overall. Um, you know, I, I think that one would be highly entertaining. I think the one in Baton Rouge is really good as well. Um, but uh, it's it's shaping up to be fun. Yeah, it's going to be a fun postseason. The uh, NCAA baseball tournament is always fun to watch. It's always exciting. You know, it, it, just like basketball, there's going to be some upsets. There's going to be some some shocking results. Uh, I don't know what those are going to be. I think that it's going to be a really interesting tournament to watch throughout the next couple of weeks. Um, but let's start looking at who we think is going to make it to Omaha. Of course, eight teams make it to the College World Series out of the field of 64. So... It's it's a really uh, interesting field, a really interesting setup for the regionals. Um, I think that it's going to be a – a lot of these are going to be close. A lot of these I think we will see some upsets, but I have to be honest, I'm going with the favorites in a lot of the regionals. Uh, I think that Wake Forest is going to make it all the yeah. way to Omaha. They are the number uh, one seed. 
I'm picking Wake Forest to win it all. All right, there you go. Trey's got Wake Forest winning the whole thing. I think it's going to be um, – I think they're a very good team. They are the only team in the country with a sub-3 ERA as a pitching staff. The uh, The only other team that comes close is Northeastern with 3.57 ERA. Wake Forest has 282. So only team with a sub-3 ERA as a pitching staff. I think that's going to carry them in this tournament to Omaha. I think that they're going to be joined there. These are the rest of the teams I think will be in the College World Series. I think it's going to be Wake Forest, Miami, Southern Miss. That's kind of a you know, little bit of a wild card pick. They're still a very good team, so I can see it happening. LSU, Vanderbilt, UVA, Arkansas, and Florida. So really, Southern Miss is the only non-number one seed that I picked to make it to Omaha, but... Those are the eight teams that I think are going to be there. Uh, I, I think that all of these teams are very good. And honestly, I think Arkansas could end up winning their first championship this year. That's a that's a good pick as well. So I have uh, Wake um, playing BC in a Super. And I'll have Wake advancing in that all-ACC Super. Uh, I have Texas coming out of the Coral Gables Regional, taking on Stanford um, I'll have Stanford advancing there. LSU, I really want to pick Oregon State because they're a really good program, but I'll take LSU out of Baton Rouge. Then I'll take um, Kentucky out of Lexington. We'll go chalk there, go LSU. So, so far I have um, LSU, Stanford, and Wake. And then out of the Auburn, Clemson, I'll take Clemson. They've played really – they're really hot coming down the stretch. So, I'll go with the hot team that their bats have come alive. I agree with you on Arkansas. Um, I think North Carolina can get out of their their regional um pretty well. We're talking ECC teams. Um Vandy, I think, out of the Nashville Stillwater. Watch out for Washington getting out of Stillwater. Um in, in Charlottesville. I, I don't know. I just really like how ECU plays. So give me ECU, come out of Charlottesville, takes okay. on Duke, I like how Duke's played of late and um, upsetting Coastal. And ECU goes back to the um, the College World Series. And I'm going to shock the world here. The Campbell Camels Ooh. go to the College World Series, upsetting Florida in as I type the wrong thing, if I'm not mistaken, they were ranked at one point this year. I think um, so. They've had a very good season. They're 44 and 13 on the year. Um, they're 29 on the road, which is really good. Um, they, uh, they've already beaten East Carolina this year. Um, looking at some of their notable wins, actually swept ECU twice this year when ECU is ranked in the top 10. Um, uh, did split with Coastal, which is is showing them an ability to win games. They uh, did beat North Carolina. They did not beat Duke, but um, they they swept in three games against ECU this year. So this is a team that can win big games against big opponents. So I think they pull off an upset and they make a surprise run to the College World Series. But ultimately, I uh, as mentioned, I'm picking. I'm going shock. Uh, Wake has the best player in the country. They have the best pitching staff in the country, and they have a really good lineup. So I, I'm going with Wake to win the national title. It's a solid pick. They're they're by far the best team in the country. 
Uh, but I think that Arkansas has a really solid program as well, and they've been working towards getting been their first the national door. championship. And that's kind of been the the trend the past couple of years is teams that have been really good finally getting their first championship. We've seen it uh, with Mississippi State, with Ole Miss, and now Arkansas is going to be there. So I think that the Razorbacks can get it done this year and they'll take home the title. I do think there are a lot of potential for upsets, though. Uh, I know in my my eight teams for the College World Series, I only had one non-regional host, and that's Southern Miss. I think they're going to end up winning that Auburn regional and coming out of there. Clemson is a very good team. I could see them. If it's a matchup between Clemson and Southern Miss in the Super Regional, I could see that going either way, but I just want to lean towards Southern Miss just to have a, you know, just so I'm not going with the favorite every time. But I, I think I agree with you. You know, Washington is a very solid contender in the Stillwater Regional. East Carolina is a very good team. They could easily, uh, you know, come out of that Charlottesville Regional if they play well. And like you said, Campbell, a really, really solid season. That record on the road, I think that really bodes well for them going into a tournament like this. So we'll see how they end up doing in the regional as well. But it's going to be a really fun tournament. It always is. Always great to watch. Um, UVA, one of the players that we will be keeping an eye on is Kyle Teal. He has just had a phenomenal season for the Cavaliers. He's got to be one of the top draft picks this year or one of the top prospects this year. He's batting 414 for the Cavaliers so far this year with a 479 on base percentage, 678 slugging. He's got 12 home runs and 60 RBIs. I mean, just a great uh, offensive catcher. He's, you know, he's, you don't see that all the time from catchers, but I th- feel like we are starting to see a lot more really good offensive catchers. I mean, Adley Rutschman was great in the college ranks a couple years ago, and now he's tearing it up in major league baseball. So starting to see these catchers, become really solid contact and power hitters. And Kyle Teal could be the next one of those. So I think he's going to have a good tournament for the Cavaliers. And I think that he will be a major part of the reason that they make it to the College World Series. But it's going to be a really, really exciting tournament. I'm really excited for it. I happen to agree with you. Um, oh, I don't, actually. I I spaced out. Uh, no, I don't agree with you. I, I picked ECU. So, no, Kyle Teal is a great player. That was the part I was agreeing with you on. There you go. As I'm trying to do research at the same time, it's been a busy week at work for, for your boy. So I'm trying to like do research, catch up as much as I can. Um, and so, you know, we are not experts when it comes to college baseball, at least outside. So you have to do a little research. So you sound smart. Uh, but I was trying to look up golden spikes candidates and I don't know if they released those yet, but I bet you would not be shocked if uh, Kyle Teal is one of those that, and for people who don't know, the Golden Spikes is their version of Heisman, you know, the player of the year in baseball. So just I would uh, think he's got it. Gavin be. Cross, I believe, made the semifinal list last year, if I'm not mistaken. It was he was up there. I know he either made the like the semifinal or the watch list. Like he it for context. I would think he's gotta be up there, Kyle Teal, for uh consideration for the Golden Spikes. Uh the NCAA baseball tournament gets started this weekend, Friday at noon, I believe, is when the games kick off. UVA is actually one of the first games hosting their regional in Charlottesville. They will be taking on, let me see. They'll be taking on um, Army. Yep, they will be taking on Army this Friday at noon. That'll get everything started. It's, uh, like I said, just really excited for this tournament. It's always fun to watch. It's it's just nonstop baseball for 
the first week. I'm sure Mariah is going to love that uh, as if I'm not watching enough baseball already this year. But it's just going to be really exciting and really fun, and I am just ready for it to get underway. Well, I hope ESPN Plus does what they did last year. I think they called it extra innings or not extra innings. They called it something, foul ball, foul play, or or I forget the exact name, what they called it, but they did you know, NFL red zone style coverage where it yeah. was on ESPN plus where they jump from regional to regional. I hope they do that again. Cause that's something I put up at work and just watch. Cause especially this year where I'm not necessarily, you know, tech's not in it. So I might not be, not want to watch like one specific game. This is the best way to watch it. Um, so highly recommend that. Um, it's, uh, it's, I'm going to look up the name while, uh, you chat. Yeah, that is definitely something to watch. I love when they do that for all these. I think they do it for softball also. Of course, you and I are both wrestling fans. You know, they do that when the wrestling tournament comes around. The mat cast, you got every mat up on the screen at one time. You just watch everything that's going on. So hopefully they do end up doing that this year. It's a it's a good way to watch the tournament when you want to keep track of multiple games at a time. So UVA first pitch. Squeeze play. It's called squeeze, squeeze play. play. Okay. And I looked it up and they have it. Uh, it starts Friday at, at one o'clock on ESPN plus. There you uh, go. But there we go. I, uh, look at, that's how you go. That, there we go. Research and podcasting at the same time. That's how we do most episodes, folks. Or do we, we put a lot of effort in. We do. We do a little I bit watch, of I watch, I watch baseball. Oh, you know what? We haven't talked about this. Like over text, the story of the season happened this week. Are we, are we Liam switching gears now? Oh, are you? You got anything else? Well, no. I'm, I had. No, I guess not. I guess not. I mean, That's you go just, ahead. It all gets started at noon on Friday. Uh, UVA hosting Army and George Mason will be taking on Wake Forest, I believe, in the first game of their regional at seven on Friday. So now oh. we can switch gears. All right. Best story of the season happened as we record. You know, Wednesday night. Uh, this was, I believe, Monday night. Yeah. Liam Hendricks pitched for the Chicago White Sox. Coming back from Don Hodgkin's lymphoma, um, he didn't look particularly great. As uh, you no, know, he gave up at least one run. Um, but watching the ovation, literally for everything he did, like him walking out to the bullpen, a standing ovation. They kept cutting to his wife. Um, but the fact that it happened, uh, yeah, he, he ended up pitching the top of the eighth inning. Um, but that, that's the coolest thing of the season. Uh, I don't think it gets topped. Uh, it, it's cool to see Liam Hendricks kick cancer's ass. He, he, uh, he wore a shirt that said striked out cancer. It's a great shirt. Um, so it, that's the best story of the season. Like seeing him come back and pitch was awesome yeah it was that was a really cool moment uh, for him for the White Sox for all of baseball really great to see you love stories like that uh, I mean Trey Mancini a couple years ago going through something similar with colon cancer and he ended up beating that and coming back and playing again for the Orioles and so you love seeing stories like that when they happen uh, and it's really amazing when you consider he wasn't diagnosed that long ago I mean I don't I don't know exactly how the treatment for this works or you know how it how it goes but he was just diagnosed with this late last year and so to be already you know 
coming back and pitching again. That's that's really cool to see. It's a, a fast turnaround for him, and we're glad for it because you know he's a a great player. He's a a good ambassador for the game, and so to see him rejoin the White Sox and take the mound again. That's that I agree with you. That is the best story of the year, and it probably will be by the time the season's done. All right. Uh, the Braves had a rough series against the A's this week. Um, they've been sliding a little bit. You know, I, I said this when the season started that I was a little bit concerned about how good they were starting off the year because a lot of times when you see teams start off really hot, it doesn't last that long. And now we're kind of seeing the Braves not play as well. And they've had a lot of injury issues. They've had, uh, you know, a lot of struggles on the field, players missing time, pitchers on the injured list. And I think it's starting to catch up with them. And they lost two out of three to the A's this week, the worst team in baseball. They ended up winning the third game of the series, but the first two games they lost and they really should not lose those games to the A's. I mean, I I don't want to, you know, trash the A's too much, but they are the worst team in baseball this year. So the Braves should not have been playing the way they were against them. But I've said it the past couple of weeks, you got to wait till Memorial Day before you can really evaluate and really know what a team is going to look like. And we are now past Memorial Day. We're into June now. And the Braves are starting to struggle a little bit. They're their bullpen is just abysmal. That's where the real issue is. Because even though Max Fried and Kyle Wright are both on the injured list, the starters are still doing well. Bryce Elder is the the league leader in ERA right now. And Spencer Strider is leading the league in strikeouts. So you got two really solid starting pitchers still, even with your two aces on the injured list. So it's the bullpen that is really causing issues. Because you got you know Strider and Elder going five or six innings into a game. The Braves have a one-run lead, and the bullpen comes in, and they end up blowing the lead in the ninth inning. So I don't know what they need to do to get that fixed, whether they're going to go after someone on the trade market or what, but they really need to fix the bullpen and get the offense consistent because they're, they're hot and then they're cold the next game. So I'm just venting as a Braves fan right now, but I'm a little concerned about it because it's not how you want to see your team playing once you get to the point in the season where you start to be confident that this is what the team is going to look like this year. Yeah, um, I agree with you. I mean, this is this is time. Uh, if I'm the Braves, uh, you know, reinforcing your bullpen is going to be a huge key. And uh, luckily, you have a really, really good lineup and a really good offense, and you're four and a half games up in your division. So you can fix this problem. I trust the Braves will fix this problem. And um, I, I'm still confident in the Braves being the best team in the National League when they're at full strength. I hope so. I really hope so. I hope they figure that out and get it turned around. Another uh, thing with the Braves this week, same night as Liam Hendricks coming back. So uh, it, it got a little overshadowed, and rightfully so. Liam Hendricks, like we said, was a, a great story, great comeback. But Michael Soroka also came back to the mound pitched in an MLB game for the first time in over a thousand days. Uh, his journey since his career started 2019, he was the runner up for national league rookie of the year, had a really, really strong start to his career as a brave starting pitcher. He was really the ace for the Braves during that 2019 season. 
early in the 2020 season, he tears his Achilles tendon, misses the rest of 2020. June of 2021, before he's getting ready to come back, he re-tears the Achilles. And then last year, he had multiple setbacks, multiple injuries that just kept him from coming back and rejoining the team. So this year, this week, he finally rejoins the Braves, pitches in an MLB game for the first time in over a thousand days. And he looked pretty solid. I think he went five or six innings. He did give up like four runs. So not a not a fantastic performance, but pretty solid for his first outing in three years. And I think that that is going to be another big key for the Braves is getting him back in the rotation because when he's good, he's going to be a very good starting pitcher, which again, the starting pitching has been there. It's the bullpen that they need to figure out, but it's really, really good to see Michael Soroka back on the mound as well. Another great comeback story. Yeah, and then you you add in the fact that Max Freed, I mean, you have Soroka, Morton, Strider, and Freed. If you have those four guys come playoff and Soroka can show any form of like he what he was like that's a scary rotation that's a yeah. very good rotation and it's a rotate like typically you shorten your rotation for the playoffs like if you can roll four deep in the postseason like Houston's been able to do it you know that's gonna be huge and it's four really good pitchers like if Charlie Morton just even at his age is your fourth pitcher in a postseason battle it's gonna feel really good um, so again, I think health is probably a bigger issue right now for, for the angels, obviously getting Max Reed back would be very nice, um, for their bullpen issues. Um, it is yeah. going to be, it is going to be, um, they'll be okay, Matt. It's going to be you're, interesting. I think you're overreacting just a little bit, but you'll probably they'll be okay. What really, when you think about it, like you, like going off what you just said, when when it comes to playoff time, it's going to be interesting to see what the Braves do rotation wise if everyone's healthy. Because like you said, they would have Freed, Strider, Morton, and Soroka if he's solid. Plus Kyle Wright, who won 20 games last year, he's on the injured list right now, so he'll come back at some point hopefully. A 20 game winner, that's going to be great in the playoffs. And then you got Bryce Elder, who's a rookie this year. He he pitched in relief a little bit last year, and he's a starting pitcher this year. And he's the current league leader in ERA. So all of those guys are very solid. So when it comes to playoff time, it's going to be interesting to see what they decide to do with the rotation if all those guys are healthy. You know, maybe they transition Elder into a, a relief role for the postseason. I don't know. But it's going to be it, – it's a solid rotation for the playoffs. You are correct about that. The Yankees currently in the second wild card spot in the American League. They're looking pretty good right now. The ALE still has a pretty solid hold on the wild card spots. The Blue Jays, I believe, though, are a few games out. And then you got the Red Sox, who are even farther down. But overall, the AL East is still by far the best division in baseball right now. Yeah, it's insane. Simply... The Yankees are playing really good baseball right now and are still still third in the in the division. 40 and 18. Tampa just became today the first team to 40 wins. The O's are 35 and 21. One game out of the loss column for the second best record in the American League. The Yankees are a game and a half back of the of the O's. So two games out of the best record, two games out of the second best record in the American league, all reside in the AL East. So essentially, essentially, because they've played each other, 
probably right now the three best teams in the American League reside in the AL East. Yeah. And that's Tampa, the O's, which shout out to the O's for playing great baseball. And the Yankees are getting their stuff together. And Carlos Rodon is coming back soon. Get hype. They're getting healthy, which is why they've played really good baseball of late. It's kind of insane. Um, yeah, Yankees are once so. Uh, oh, let me. Yeah, actually, no, I'm right because the Astros are 32 and 32, right? Or 32 and 22, excuse me. So, simply insane how well these teams are playing. Uh, to put in perspective, the O's and the Yankees could be in first place in the Central, and. At least tied for first in every division in the in the National League. So let's 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 expand this. The Yankees and the O's have the fourth and fifth fourth best records. Fourth, well, yeah, because Tampa, Texas, and then they're tied. The O's are tied with the uh, the Dodgers. So the third and fifth best record in the nat- in, in baseball. So the four. So three of the top five. If I'm doing my math right, three of the top five records in all of baseball reside in one division, essentially. That's insane. They all have a better record than the Braves. And then the Dodgers sit at 34 and 23. And so so they're tied with the Yankees. So the O's have a better record than the Dodgers. So they would be tied for every for the for the division lead in every division in the National League and all but one in the in AL West, which we haven't really been talking about Texas, who are thirty-five and twenty without Jacob yeah, Brom. Probably should at some point. Yeah, um, maybe we need to do a contender pretender episode. Maybe that's uh, next week. That's called well, a tease. So a couple of weeks ago, we we put out a graphic on social media that said contender or pretender for the Pirates and the Rangers. And as of today, when we're recording, the Rangers are still in first place. The Pirates are in a wild card spot in the National League. So both those and teams a half are still game out of first and a half yeah. game out of first. So both those teams are still in contention. I think, you know, I, Memorial Day is the threshold. I think right now they're contenders. Yeah, I I tend to agree with you. Um, this is this is insane. Um, the crazy part is the expected win loss of the Texas Rangers is forty and fifteen this year, and they're thirty five and twenty. That would wow. be one game behind the – that would be tied, essentially, with the Tampa Bay race in the win column. Yeah. So they're 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 playing really good baseball, like really, really good baseball. Yeah. Um. I guess uh, another thing we should talk about is, I mean, the Cardinals have sort of right in the ship, but they're still not doing great. They're, they're over – uh. They're still under 500 at 25 and 32. They're four and a half games back. It is it is starting to look a little bit better. They're playing 500 balls late, but that's that's something to worry about. If we're talking about past Memorial Day, a team we yeah. had a lot of expectations for, I think the Cardinals, the Phillies definitely belong on that list. Um, those are probably the two most disappointing teams, you know, out there right now. By far the Cardinals Seattle, are the most disappointing team. Yeah, I was looking at the standings earlier, and I was I was wondering about Seattle. What's going on over there? I think they're a solid. They're also team. twenty eight and twenty seven, and yeah, Rangers are doing really well. 
Yeah, I mean they're not bad. They're just they're in a tough division. The AL West has been surprisingly tough this year with the the Rangers, the Astros obviously are always going to be a good team and the Mariners, we expect a lot of things out of, but also the Angels. They're still doing all right right now. They're only three and a half games out of a wild card spot right now in between Toronto and Boston. They won today their series finale against the White Sox and Otani and Trout each hit home runs. Otani hit two home runs. Uh, he's up to 15 home runs on the season right now. Trout is up to 13. So they're both playing really well right now. Uh, obviously a big win for the Angels. And they're in contention for a wild card spot still as well. So, you know, that's a team that we're always keeping an eye on because of those two players. We want to see them each win on the field. Uh, and so, I mean, I, I love seeing the Angels play well. And I just, there's so many teams that I want to succeed for so many reasons that it's not going to happen they're not all going to be able to make it to the postseason but the angels i would say are definitely at the top of that list in the american league and so far they're there they're i mean they're not in the wild card spot but they're in contention for it it's close yeah that's true as well all-star voting is open so go vote for your favorite players uh let's make ronald acuna jr an all-star again he was last year and hey, he wasn't he playing anywhere Don't worry about it. he wasn't playing anywhere near the level that he is this year and he somehow got the most votes in the national league last year. So I'm sure he'll be an all-star again this year. Obviously Aaron judge probably going to get the most votes in the American league. I would guess. I don't know. Maybe Otani probably, uh, probably between the two of them, but all-star voting is open. So go vote for your favorite players. Go ahead. Vote for Aaron judge. So I'll vote I for, I will. I'll vote for him. Vote for Glaber Torres. He's played well. Okay. What? Am I wrong? No, you're not. Thank you, sir. By the way, Aaron Judge missed half a month, still leading the American League in home runs with 18. <laughs> just, just saying. What? What? All right. What's his pace? Calculate. Calculate his pace right now. You know, I can't do the math. He Alonso's at 20. Um. He won't get the RBIs this year because he's at 39 and he's 10 behind um, Alvarez right now. So who's at 40 or uh, Garcia, excuse me. Alvarez is one behind him. You know, he's having a really good year and he's playing on a bad team. Who? Marcus Stroman. Oh, yeah, he is. He pitched really good against the Rays the other day. He leads the league in quality starts which is actually kind of an underrated stat to show you're doing really well. His record's 5-4, and 2.59 ERA, 62 strikeouts, but a under one whip, 0.99. Uh, his outing against the Rays, he, he pitched a complete game shutout, giving up one hit to the best lineup in baseball. Like, that's incredible. Um, uh, you know, against the Mets, he pitched eight innings, only giving up four hits, two runs. Um, with three strikeouts. Uh, so shout to you know Marcus Stroman, and if he keeps playing this well, like, is he a trade candidate? It could be. I mean, he's pitched in big games. Yeah, he seems he seems to elevate his play in big games. Like, go back to. Ironically, he didn't pitch for the U.S. this World Baseball Classic, but when he pitched for the U.S. in the World Baseball Classic, he did well. He seems to be a big game pitcher. That's a. I don't know if he gets traded. I don't know his contract right now. But, you know, I'm, you know, when you're like watching the games and you're like, hmm, 
if if you're the Cubs, like, is it worth keeping him right now? Like, uh, his contract details as we go to spot track is as it's loading. He is still on. He's got two years left on his deal, but he also has a player option. So maybe he could be a trade candidate. I mean, maybe. he has pitched really well. It's yes. $25 million a year for the next two years. Yeah. So it's not bad for a quality starting pitcher. So I crunched the numbers on Aaron Judge, his pace so far this year. I did it based on games and at-bats. They both come out to about 63 home runs. If he does that again, if he hits 63 home runs again. What are the chances that he, I mean, he. Zero, zero. They're not going to do know. it. I no, don't know. No, he, he, he struck like because of his struggles in the playoffs, you could tell he was done. Like he was gassed because they went for it. If they make the playoffs, like they, like if they're clearly going to make the playoffs come late September, they're going to slow him down. I think he could do it. I think there's a, I think there's a strong he chance. He broke the record that, that he does not, they don't, and he got his money. He does not care about hitting 60 home runs again. I think there's a strong chance that he does it. I would agree with you if he hit well in the postseason, but since he didn't, he looked tired. You Granted, really think, you think he was carrying why? that Yankees offense post the All Star break, and that might be more reason why. If the Yankees offense keeps being like it is right now, Harrison Bader playing well, one like I'm I feel 50, like he just on it. he just hits home runs so naturally though, like it's not that much effort for He's, him. I think that I think it could. Fact, I think it could easily happen. He could so go good. for sixty three this year. Back to back years, 60. that'd be insane. That'd be I mean, how insane. many how many years? Also, he know? robs home. Like he's a really good outfielder. Like oh, I think yeah. no one no one talks about how like he's playing center field. Like well, now Bader's back. He's not, but he can play center field. Like at six seven. Yeah. Like Stan's the only guy you can compare him to. You don't yeah. really see him play. Like he'll play some outfield, but he doesn't play it as well as Judge does. That will do it for this episode of the Fellow Ball Area Podcast. As always, connect with us at Matkins News, at Trey Lyle VT, at Fellow Ball Area, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Leave us that five-star review wherever you get it. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Foul Ball Area Podcast. Thanks for listening to the Foul Ball Area Podcast. Make sure to leave a review and a rating wherever you get your podcasts and subscribe so you get new episodes as soon as they come out.